We started. Hello everyone, welcome back to Debating for America's Youth. Today we have a very special guest who is the 2019 Duo Interpretation National Champion, Kevin and Kyle Ahern. Welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having us. us. It's my pleasure, and I thank you guys for accepting. So before I ask you the first question, I'd like to briefly say that uh, Kevin and Kyle will actually be coaches at the Ascent Debate Camp, which I actually have a promo code with. If you use the code Ascent Youth, you can actually get $25 off to work with amazing coaches like Kevin and Kyle. So definitely check it out. The link will be down in the description. For sure, check it out. It's so, going to be awesome. We, before we get like, started in like, the real questions, how did you get started in speech and debate? How did you first hear about it, and what made you want to join the club? Me? Okay. Yeah. So, for uh, we first got, joined speech and debate in middle school because we attended a middle school of the arts where you had you were in a major of communications, and um, I w we were communication arts majors, and um, one of the classes was speech and debate, and it was kind of very general. They did a lot of impromptu, but um, I was watching um, a per performances on the speech and debate website, and I saw. Um, a video of an interpretation and I just like fell in love and I came home and I told Kyle like we have to do this and ever since then I've been totally hooked. Definitely. Yeah and I watched your performance at Nationals. There's a really great performance. I was wondering how did you find your piece? What gave you inspiration to talk about mental illness and choose a piece in that area and how did you find your specific piece you used? Um, so we had been sitting on Donnie Darko for years at this point. We have a running list of all these, a running document of all these um, movies or books or anything really that we think could be an interesting duo for us to do. And Donnie Darko has always been on that list since like freshman year, but we never really knew how to cut it or what it really was. So we kind of just like we're, we were at like we were at our wits end at the end of our at the beginning of our junior year we're like we had nothing to do we can't find anything and we watched Donnie Darko on the way home from camp um that summer and it, we were just like this is so cool like there's so much we could play with here so much we could do and Kevin actually had the concept to um kind of innovate off of that literature and use it to be a parable about mental illness um in teenagers and how to personify how to personify that um that metaphor so once kevin had that concept that he literally like made out of thin air i don't even know where you're into no it. it's like if you look at film analysis of donnie darko it's like one of the analysis if that's a word, yeah. of the film. So that's how I came up with it. But, Ke like, but you, Kevin came up with the idea to do the monster voice and all this stuff and how to like aesthetically do that. And I was down for the concept. So we just started cutting it and that was, and then the rest is history. I thought it was a good piece because you're able to, especially with the whole monster thing and like the synchronization, it looks really cool. And I think it had a really good message. Thank you. Thank you. I know you talked about how you've both been doing speech and debate since middle school. Um, when you started off doing speech and debate, how did you overcome the nerves you felt when you get up, got up and gave speeches? And do you still get nervous when you get up on like that big stage at nationals? Or do you like not have those fears anymore? So um, I always get nervous before every round, every performance. Um, still, and I think that um, for me, like I use the nerves to, because um, in interp, a lot of it is about being vulnerable and um, trying to be like a real person, and that's how I kind of 
you know, I um, take my nerves and just turn it into vulnerable. I hopefully turn it into vulnerability and realness of a person. Because um, I always find that, you know, it's not like interp is um, not like public speaking in the sense that you have to be so confident. If you're playing a person, they're going to have nerves themselves about whatever the situation is. So for me, I've always found it to be something I can use. Um, but when it comes to doing the performance at nationals, there really is nothing like the nerves of that moment. Um, literally the, so it was like, like just a more narrative thing. It's like the entire day we're like, Kevin and I are like, fine. We're just excited. Like we go through sound check and everything is like really, really fun. The energy is amazing. And then we sit down to watch POI finals and we're in the front row actually. Um, we're sitting in the front row and I was like, oh my God, these are people and they're performing and we have to do that later tonight and I started to freak out and get nervous about like if we would mess up or not. Mm -hmm. So then the nerves really set in and then it was just Kevin and I frantically, we ran through it a bunch of times, we were frantic and then when you, but then when you walk on stage, honestly, it's a cliche, but Kevin finished my sentence. Yeah, I always said like, the, it's so nerve wracking and then the minute they announce your piece title and you walk on stage, for some reason, everything just fades away and you're just like, in another round doing another performance. Definitely. Yeah, you guys had a bit, I didn't really see any nerves in your performance. I thought you guys did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. When you talk about how like you do a bunch of practices right before you got on stage, even before that, when you were like getting your piece together, you guys had great synchronization. How did that, how'd you guys get that synchronization down when you guys were like, you know, with the arm movements like synchronized together and even like when you did the opposite motions, how did you like, get those down so efficiently and, and good. So, um, part of it is that, uh, we are like practice, practice, practice people, especially at the beginning of the season or whenever a change is made. We like to make sure that we like hammer it down and make sure that we smooth it out and it's all looking good. Um, and I think that that's a lot of it, but also a lot of it is that like, you know, Kyle and I have spent a lot of time together in our lives. Um, all of it essentially. And, um, you know, doing duo, we are able to, I think that people always ask, is there an advantage to being twins? And I don't, I think the only advantage might be is that I'm able to tap into his instincts um, very easily. So the, um, surprisingly, the choreography of that is not timed out to a second. Um, it's not like, okay, one, two, three, move arm. It's more like um, musical in a sense, I guess, where like we can feel the beats and flows of the performance. Kevin said choreography and it really is. We treat it like dance. We are not, we, we are not dance. We have a little bit of, we did musical theater and like, but that's not where this is coming from though. But, so we have no, we have no dance background, but we treat it as if it's like, it's as if the piece has a rhythm and like the choreography, cause sometimes, sometimes like those movements will have to be quicker because like mm -hmm. the performance is just going that way or sometimes they have to be really slow and like yeah. it just, but it is about making sure we're both on the same tempo. Yeah. way you practice do you like to practice in front of other people or record yourself or how do you like to like practice it out to make it really good we practice um mostly for ourselves honestly um the like when i have the image of us practicing is like in um one of the rooms in our house like it's our kitchen actually because it's the biggest empty space in our house um we 
we'll just run it. We like to film ourselves a lot. We film, we film every single, even if it's not gonna be a full run through, we film everything. We film every performance so that we can run back. And most of the time we don't watch per se the entirety of the video, but we do scrub through it to look at the images and um, how that's all playing out. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very personal type of thing that we like to do by ourselves for the majority of it. But um, a lot of times too, uh, when it comes closer to a tournament, we do like to get it up in front of um, other people, um, our teammates mainly. Definitely. Yeah, I think that uh, personally for me, I do congressional debate, and when I have a speech beforehand, I like to give it to other people just to kind of see how they react to it, and also to practice getting it out in front of other people, so the nerves of giving it in front of people kind of goes away after the first time. For sure, for sure. During your piece, there was parts of it where you got really emotional and started, like, tearing up. How do you, like, I, I know you talked about how you did, like, um, like musical theater in the past. How do you kind of work with getting, like, bringing out that emotion in your piece? Do you feel it when you deliver the piece, or do you, like, how do you ha bring that on, the emotion in the piece? So, um, I played Donnie in the piece last year, so a lot of the work that I did was literally, um, I am a very big believer in like living in the character. Before National specifically, Kevin and I did a lot of research watching teens that have struggled with similar mental illness issues. I pers I kept a di like a journal in the in Donnie's voice. So like I have pages and pages of inner monologues. I have for the entire piece I wrote an inner monologue for what Donnie was feeling. So I had this very like very rich inventory to draw from for for him. And then something that like that helped me the absolute most was I wrote poetry from Donnie's perspective on the plane up to nationals because honestly it wasn't clicking it, we i was trying and trying and trying and trying to get emotional and it wasn't clicking so on the plane ride to nationals i was just sitting there in my seat and i was like kind of panicking and i was like i don't know what to do right now like this is the most important tournament i've ever been to well yeah and i was like really freaking out so i just sat there and i like wrote poetry from his perspective and it really helped me get in touch with like how he was not only feeling literally but also like figuratively and get into his headspace mm-hmm and I interviewed Jake Wallach and he said something very similar. You kind of have to like live like the character. You can't just play it for a little bit and get be done with it. You actually have to feel it. Then you can understand the character at a deeper level. For sure. For, for sure. sure. And so um, I know you'll be coaching at this Ascent debate camp, um, but what would you tell a new novice who gets started in doing dual interpretation? Do you have any advice that you've learned over the years or advice you think is the most important for a novice just starting out the event? Yeah, so I think that my... Um, biggest advice to anyone doing interpretation in general or even specifically duo is to always pick literature that you love, do characters that you love, and um, try and create the performances that you wish you saw in round. Don't create performances you think other people want to see because um, I think that um, it really started clicking for me um, as a competitor and as like a human existing in speech. Um, when I started to create the performances I wish I could watch in round. So I think that if you start off like that as a novice or someone who's just joining speech and debate, you'll be way ahead of um, everyone else. Just like take risks. It, yeah. They pay off. Definitely. Um, and then another question is, so you um, play different characters throughout your performance. How do you 
make a variation between the different characters that you play, like between the father and the therapist? How do you like break those up and keep them separated, like with your different voices and the different postures? So that was me. I did the different characters in the um, the duo last year, um, and. You know, I, the one interpret event I have never done is HI, and it's so peculiar to me because my sec, like my other main event is DI. So it would, and Kyle's is poor. So it would seem that, you know, I should play the one character and Kyle should play the multiple as like, you know, DI poi. But um, for some reason in duo, we jive best when Kyle is kind of the anchor of the piece and I am, we call it the revolving door person, but it's, that sounds like a little, um, you know, it sounds easier than it is, you know? Um, so I'll play multiple characters and Kyle will always, you know, ground it by playing that one person. Um, and for me to differentiate the characters, um, you know, in specifically in Donnie Darko, those characters, the other characters, which were the therapist, the demon and the um, dad are um, really there to facilitate Donnie's journey. And that was something specific to that performance. Um, so for example, the therapist is very silly in the piece. Um, so she was meant as comedic relief for both the audience and also um, for us to see more into Donnie's mind, right? And the demon was, you know, a mirror image of Donnie in another world type of thing we were playing with. The dad was most difficult and for him what I did was um, I watched a lot of, I, I talked to and met with and watched a lot of videos of people who had sons struggling, specifically sons struggling with these same issues Donnie was struggling with so that then I could, you know, tap more into what that emotional build would look and feel like. Definitely. And I think that having that anchor character was really good because then I could at least, even if I, I mean, I wasn't ever unsure about a character, but even if I possibly was unsure, I would at least know that, like, you know, that Donnie was the central character and understand his journey because the other characters, like you said, just facilitate his journey. For sure. So in conclusion, what would you like to say to the speech and debate community? I mean, you've done this since middle school. You made it all the way to the top. Would you like to say anything to the speech and debate community? Either that, like, I can thank you or something that you think that the speech and debate community should improve on. Really anything you want to say to the community as a whole? Um, I think that um, the speech and debate community has been, like, my community for, like, um, the past so many years. And we will be doing it in college. So we are nowhere near done with our... Um, speech and debate journey, I guess. Go hook em horns. Um, but um, basically, I don't know. It's so hard to, I've been trying to like think about what I'm gonna say. Like I know people like write Facebook posts when they end their high school speech and debate um, career. I just wanna, I do wanna thank everyone for all of the like friends and coaches and mentors and people who took chances on Kevin and I or anyone who has watched us in any round and ever liked anything that we did or didn't like what we did and gave us, um, and gave us opportunity to grow and become better. Um, something else that I think is really important is that as we move forward into this digital national season is to remember that like at the end of the day, speech and debate is, is about connections and no matter what the format of the tournament is, we need we need to continue to facilitate meaningful bonds between competitors. And I'm so thankful that the community is working hard. The NSDA is working hard to continue that aspect of the of the activity, even if it is so difficult to force to in these uncertain times. Kevin, yeah. for me, um, I'll keep it simpler. I just if I was talking to the entire community, I would definitely say a thank you. 
Um, I think that, you know, like Casa, this has been like, like the community I felt most welcome in, in my entire life. Um, and I think that it's so special and unique that we um, are able to have these weekends and sometimes even weeks in the case of nationals, but weekends mainly of competition where we're just surrounded by passionate, um, kind, talented coaches, competitors, and um, judges who are just all there to um, amplify student voices. Um, and yeah, that would was that's what I would say. Thank you for that. I would agree. I think that the being able to meet people, especially being able to travel and meet people, has been a really cool experience and one that I wouldn't get anywhere else in high school. For sure. So I wanted to thank you both for coming on. Thank you so much. And again, and if you want be coached by these amazing competitors go to the link down below register it'll be a lot of fun thank you guys for watching thank you guys thank you so much